Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. Yo, MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And uh, we've got a lot of failure to tell you about. Um, well, you know, so as we were debating on the show last week, we didn't know which event we were going to play in. Um, we got an insider tip that there were about 11 pre-registered for the uh, the pre-PTQ in Denton for Saturday uh, for the sealed. So we decided to hit that event up. Um, wound up being about 25, 26 players at a uh, madness comics and games, I think, or is it madness games and comics? One of them is comics and games. One of them's games and comics. One's in Denton. One's in Plano. Um, JDS events, uh, Jim, uh, Awesome dude. Great seeing him. Great seeing his new space. Store is comparatively huge now <laughs> compared to the old space. Uh, so it's really nice. We played some sealed and uh, Steven did all right. That makes one of us. Hmm. Um, I did very poorly. Yeah, I was not as like, I wish I could put away my, my, my negative EV and <laughs> like tendencies uh, the real reason that I, I wanted to do the sealed was just because I had something to do Friday night and couldn't get, like, any of the cards together for standard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, default, we're doing the sealed. Right, right. It sweetened the deal that it looked like it was going to be a very small turnout, though. Yeah, well, you know, it uh, it pretty much was. And, I mean, you did as well as you – you did everything you could do in the Swiss. So Sure. <laughs> you know, you got to the top eight, you know, so – so the size of the tournament doesn't matter if you make the top eight. Then the tournament's just eight people. Um, oh man, I've totally misbuilt. I did such a terrible job. So I, this is why you play more pre-releases. Like seriously, <laughs> because I open my packs and I'm like, ooh, Dragon Lord Atarka. I could totally play that if I had a like a green red ramp deck. Problem is. I didn't have any of the ramp pieces. I just had this big old seven drop and I had like the only piece of ramp I had was, um, sheltered airy. Jeez. <laughs> and I ran it. Oh, I don't know. I ran it, man. No. So I had, okay. So my deck like was dragon Lord, Atarka, flame rush rider, which is pretty good. Uh, Sandstep Mastodon, which is pretty good if you get the seven mana. I mean, like, everything I had was good if you get the seven mana. Um, and then the rest of my deck was, like, five drops, six drops. I mean, there was there was smaller stuff in there, too. I had a lot of two drops, so I had a lot of stuff to do early game. And then, you know, play a, like, they had some dash creatures, uh, had some 
Megamorphs. So I'd, I'd have stuff to do on turns two and three. Um, and then my plan was just, you know, keep hitting my land drops with all of that, you know, dig that I had in my non-blue, green, and red deck. Um, and then hit seven mana and hit Dragonlord Atarka that I literally never drew uh, all five rounds. Well, four rounds that I played. Because uh, I started out 0-2. Um, round <laughs> one, um, I played against... Uh, four color mythics basically so um i was able to stop a death mist raptor the first time obviously a foil death mist raptor thank you um and uh i was able to actually fight through dragon lord ojutai um and then the other ojutai i was able to defeat as well and then he stuck a sarkin i was like well all right it's a lot of mythics and a lot like, of colors. I was like, I can get through two dragons, uh, two Ojutais. I can get through a Death Mist Raptor, but I can't do all of that and get through a Sarkin. It's one of those things that would, would tilt people who get tilted. Uh, but I didn't get tilted. I just kept playing. and uh, You only got to play them once. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the second round, I really can't remember honestly what happened uh but then third round i got a buy and that was the first time that's happened in a while in a competitive event for me i was like okay great this is really bad news um so uh i went to the chinese food buffet and even as someone who doesn't eat chicken anymore they had quite a bit of shrimp lots of sushi um it was a pretty sweet buffet and then I, I, I basically ate my weight in my feelings hmm. um, and uh, and then came back for rounds four and five. Uh, round four, I managed to win um, against a green-white deck that seemed to only be a green deck most of the time. It, and I don't think he got to four lands games two or three, so that was not good. Um, and then round five, I played against Woodrow. Um, and, you know, he we, we were talking and he beat me. And he was like, man, you know, I, I feel bad because I was just kind of grinding for Planeswalker points at that point. I got to get like, you know, 380 more or something before June 1st to make sure I have buys for the uh, GPs we're playing in Dallas and Oklahoma City. Um, so um, so I'm just, you know, I'm grinding those points. And he was like, man, I kind of feel bad, uh, you know, just, just you know, beating you when you're just trying to get points. Neither one of us are going to make it. But then he made top eight. So I was like, yeah. hey, look at that. It was worth it anyway. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have made top eight if I'd have beat him. I don't think. Uh, but uh, but he made top eight, so that was cool. You know, at least there was some purpose to it. And uh, I had a horrible, horrible day. Uh, I mean, I had a fine day. I just had a terrible deck. Um, I think that was entirely my fault as well. Uh, my white was really good. Looking back at this, so I, I actually I don't ever do this, and you know this, Stephen. I actually sided into like green black. <laughs> like wow. several times on the day because my deck was so bad. Um, splashing the red for like the Dragon Lord and like one or two other things. Um, but I just like was just like anything but this deck. I just sided in a bunch of like Colagon Skirmishers and Bloodchin Rager and Sulamgar Butcher and um, some other stuff. It just kind of sided into a totally different deck. Um, but my white, I had Abzan Advantage. I had um, a Ration Cleric, which isn't great. 
I had Dragon Bell Monk, Lotus Eye Mystics, Herald of Dramoka, three Lightwalkers, a Pacifism, a Sandcrafter Mage, a Scale Blessing, a Student of Ojutai. I'm like, you know what? I probably should have played Green White or hmm. Red White or anything but what I played because I didn't have the deck. I was trying to force a Green Red Ramp deck that I didn't have. I didn't have Explosive Vegetation. I didn't have the uh, the O2 Ferocious, you know, adds two green. You know what I mean? Like, if I had any of those cards, maybe it would have been doable, you know? But it just was not doable, and I don't know why I forced this deck. I got suckered into the Dragon Lord, you know, because it is a great card, you know? Yeah. It is. And Sandstep Mastodon, I mean, I got to cast that a bunch of times, and that was amazing, obviously, you know? So. Did you say you had Dragon Lord Atarka? Yes. The green red one? Yes. I mean, that's about as big a bomb as there is in Dragon Star here. So I could, I wouldn't fault you for being biased towards it. Yeah, but you know what? I sh- you know what? I should have played in a couple more pre-releases. <laughs> I should have got my you know my my fun out, and I should have built a real deck. And I did. I don't feel like I did. I felt like my deck was just too all over the place, trying to do too much, and it wasn't doing anything. Um. So so it was. It, I I I regret it, but I learned from it. And um, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna have to just be smarter about my deck, my deck building next time. Uh, and you know, there's gonna be several more next times in this season. So hopefully, somewhere along the way, I'll learn. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, tell me a little about your day, dude. Yeah, sure. So it's basically me and Jameson traded pools, uh, like sealed pools, and yeah. one. It's usually a good start to your day when you open up just a god-awful sealed pool. I don't even know. I couldn't tell you what was in the sealed pool I opened. I don't, I don't look at them. Like, I don't. I just register. I don't I don't care. But anyway. I just, I mean, I uh, I subconsciously look at them just like, there is, like, because, like, I, I, after I passed it, I realized, I'm like, there was no card I even recognized as, like, a good card. Like, there was, like, Narset, which is a trap in Limited, because sure. you're, you're running a whole bunch of creatures. So I guess you get your value because it had like a uh, flooded strand, uh, I think. Jameson told me that. I, I that yeah, you're right. I, I'm kind of the same way because I didn't realize like there was like a land in there that was worth anything. Yeah. Um, and an R set, and then it was just just a bunch of crap evenly distributed amongst colors. <laughs> a whole bunch of like foul tongue shrieks and just like just all the really bad rares. I can't even remember what they were. Um, anyway, uh, and so he passed me his pool, and it was uh quite good. Um, I'd give it like a seven, I would say maybe an eight. I don't know. Uh, although it was a little like all over the place. It's kind of bipolar cause it, uh, it was a lot of tempo and aggro. Like it was blue, white tempo aggro and then just an Ugin. Huh. So that's <laughs> not kind of where you want to be. So like my creatures were like really low to the ground, like dragon hunter, Dramoka Dunecaster. Um, the elusive spellfist, Dramoka warrior, wandering champion. So we're at like a bunch of two ones and three ones so far. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, some sandcrafter mages, dragon bell monk, Avon sun striker, and then like Jeskai sage. And my only other real bomb, like that once you cast like a four, four, that kind of shuts down all the creatures I have was a cunning breeze dancer at six <laughs> and then an Ugin. But I mean, once you cast an Ugin, you're, you're, you're good. Uh, oh, I also had a, a Gurmag Drowner, which was pretty good. And then I had just a whole bunch of like stuff that drew cards, like Pressure Point, Anticipate, Enhanced Awareness, 
Um, and then just like, yeah, just super tempo plays like uh, Tygum Strike that gives like plus two, plus zero and unblockable. Mm-hmm. And so if you already have like that Wandering Champion out or something like that, and then, you know, Soundcrafter Mage, so now it's like a four, two, and you give it plus two, plus zero and unblockable. That's like six. And then you rebound and that's another six. So that's 12. Wow. Uh, it's, it's a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, and then probably the, like what did the most damage overall was great teachers decree. What the, is that? It's the three and a white sorcery creatures you control get plus two plus one until end of turn rebound. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I would just have like just two sandcrafter mages out on the table. Mm-hmm. which is like six power yeah and just like they swing in and i'm like no blocks cast that get swinging for 10 Jeez. rebound <laughs> yeah it's just like it's like a lot of damage so if you have like if you're if you're building like a blue white or white anything aggro deck that card is a bomb um i also had a pacifism uh, an ojitized command which is super awkward the whole day and then i was splashing a pyrotechnics and <laughs> that was the deck i, yeah. I mean the pyrotechnics is just too good so it is really good you're right uh i was pretty disciplined and only and played 18 lands because i just wanted to hit my land drops and i had a bunch of card draw so maybe i could have cheated on it um you know and... i played 18 lands dude. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know the deck like other than like the ocean the i'm sorry other than the ugin like and the fact that i had a whole bunch of card draw like you probably could have should have played 17 lands for me yeah um and the rest of the pool was like it tempted me in other directions. Like in black, I had the Deathbringer Regent, uh, Flatten, and uh, Palace Siege, and some other stuff. But it was all double black, so couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And same with red. There was a whole bunch of really good red cards, but they're double red. So um, the pool was really good in multiple colors, which is uh, yeah, can't complain. <laughs> I had a right good on. had a good pool. Um, Ugin just whenever I cast him, I won the game. Essentially, there wasn't. A game I cast him where I lost the game. Um, yeah, there's not much to say other than that. Have a pool with Ugin, a whole bunch of aggro as your backup plan. <laughs> Actually, aggro is your main plan, and then if you flood out, just anticipate. You play an Ugin. Yeah, anticipate into Ugin, and you're good. That's that's <laughs> how you win a sealed PTQ or a sealed PBTQ. Uh, well, that's how you win. That's you know the Swiss. The Swiss. The Swiss. Um, so, so, so you made top eight. So now yep. tell me about your draft because I didn't actually get to see your draft deck. I, I got to see some. I got to see Peter's mm-hmm. draft deck, but I didn't get to see yours. So tell me about your draft deck. Uh, hold on a sec. I think I have it somewhere. I have it in front of me. Yeah. So this was my first draft <laughs> with dragons, which is probably a mistake. Because <laughs> um, I just hadn't drafted dragons before, and God, my first pack just was not. My, the first two packs, um, I guess the pack I opened, the pack I was passed, so pick one and two, were just like just really bad. Um, and thinking about them, I probably should have done those a little differently. So the first pack, the rare in the pack was, um, oh, Lord, I don't even remember. It's the red, three red, red enchantment where attacking creatures you control get double strike. Yeah. And I wasn't sure. Like I, I, I'm not sure if that's good or not. And I think I should have probably taken that and gone in on that plan. Ha. Huh. Um, but like just not drafting the format before, I'd never seen that card before, and I'm like, mm, that's super situational. So instead, I'll take this Warbringer, which is a the three and a red three three that gives you a dash cost reduction, like dash cost you pay cost two less. 
so you basically were just fighting for red with your the person to your uh, to your left. Actually, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> because that berserker's on, onslaught made all the way around to my round one opponent, which <laughs> is like the person opposite from you. So like four four seats down. Right, right. So I was no, I was not fighting, <laughs> but I decided like I wanted to see, and that's the problem. That's the problem where this is your first draft, right? Where I didn't open up like a bomb rare, so I was like, well, let's see if I can. Because I, I was look, I had looked at the spoiler, and I was like, I think there's enough cards to make the dash deck, because dash is also in Fate Reforged, so you get mm-hmm. three packs of dash creatures, right. with hopefully you get a goblin, you know, whole, like every goblin heel cutter you can pick up in the in the third pack. Right, right. So if I force and cut red super hard, like all the dash, all the red, then I'll be set up in the in the third pack. So I I pa- I pack one pick one Warbringer, um, and yeah that's probably not the best pick. No, uh, looking back like on it, um, I ended up with two Warbringers. I think the second pack, like, I took a student of Ojutai. It was just a like the first two the first two picks were just out of really 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 weak packs. Um, I ended up with two Colagon's Forerunners, the two and a red for the star three for Trample. And it's got Trample, and its power is equal to the number of creatures you control, and its dash is two red. Yeah. So I was, like, trying to go to a place, you know, where you get out the Warbringer, and then you can dash that in for just red. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't quite work out how I thought it would. Uh, I, I picked up a couple Glaring Aegis because I thought that would be good in a, an aggro deck. The white enchantment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just white, plus one, plus three. When it enters the battlefield, tap a target creature. Yeah, sure. Uh, the problem was that, like, all the one and two drop creatures just did not come around to me. So, like, I ended up in white-red. Um, and I feel like I was in the colors that were open. Like, I didn't share a color because I checked afterwards with the person to my left or right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's usually that usually means you're in, like, you know, pretty open colors. Yeah. Um, but I just I, I just did not see the one or two drops. I ended up with like two, <laughs> like I had a Dramoka Warrior, um, a Mardu Woe Reaper, and a Lightwalker. Yeah. And that was like it on my low drops. I had like a Pacifism, some stuff like that, Sandstep Outcast. But that's a three drop. Um, and like I felt I felt better than I should when with like considering like what my in, in deck looked like because I was like I was kind of short on creatures. Um, I'm not really sure what happened with the uh, with 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 the draft because I was in the colors that were open. Like if I could, if you could like look at what your person to the left and right were taking, like I would be in red white because in the third pack I got a pick two Citadel Siege. It's pretty good. It's one of the best yeah. cards you could possibly have in your deck. Yeah. Um, and I also got a Sun Scorch Regent in pack two, which is a three white white for a four three flyer. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, you get a plus one plus one counter and gain a life. I mean, that's like, that's a bomb. Um, but yeah, I just did got I did not get dense. Like I I I had to like play more tricks than I wanted to because I just didn't have enough creatures, um, which is just really weird because <laughs> no one like directly next to me was in white or red, so I'm not really sure uh, what happened there. Um, I probably just need some more experience with the format, but I'm not, I'm not really sure, <laughs> like because. I was happy with how the draft went, given what I picked and given where the people around me were. But yeah, what did, but, what did you wind up playing against? Black red. 
So huh. the yeah, my opponent ended up with that um, the red enchantment that gave the attacking creatures double strike. Yeah, and so he had the red black dash deck. Oh no! <laughs> which I which I tried to like I was trying to force black, but like it just it was not there at all. So I did, I just let let it go. And I think the person to my left and right were in black, so that was yeah that was the correct call. I ended up with two black cards in my entire uh, draft pool. Um, yeah, round one, I guess. Uh, I mean, this just happens, you know. It's magic's a game of variance. Uh, I I didn't play a ton of magic, um, so. Yeah, they were playing black, red, and their deck was actually pretty good. They had um, Sidisi, the Vizier. Yeah. A whole bunch of good uh, creatures to sack. Um, just a bunch of exploit creatures and Citadel Siege. Or not Citadel Siege, Palace Siege. Yeah. Which is just amazing with all the exploit creatures. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could just, because I'm like, well, no one would ever, you know, when I first saw the card in Fate, Cons. I was like, well, no one sets it to the mode other than, you know, drain to a turn. Mm-hmm. But not with Dragons of Tarkir in the format. So that was pretty cool to see how, like, that card changed. Because hmm. now when you have, like, a deck full of, like, exploit creatures, you can just exploit every single turn. Because you just get that card back. It doesn't matter. So, uh, yeah, he had the whole uh, Demonic Tutor loop going. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> the first game I molded a five and my hand was planes, planes, mountain, mountain, uh, tail slash. <laughs> and I'm like, this is super awkward. Wow. <laughs> uh, I kept it because it was, you know, both colors of lands <laughs> and you know, you can't, you can't get too picky when you mold a five. Um, I sure mean, that you was, can. I think you can get pickier than that. I don't know if I want to mold a four because mold a four and you're like, you'll take anything with a land in it. Yeah, but. And I was like, I have lands in both my colors and I'm on the draw. Yeah, but on the draw, you can mold a four. Mm. You get that fifth card. I feel like the percent like just falls off a cliff. Like I can win off a mold of five. Like that's just happened multiple times. Like it's not noteworthy. But, like, by the time you get to mold of four or three, it becomes, like, a story. <laughs> so. I've went off of molds of four before. Oh, I have, too. Um, it just takes, like, an extraordinary draw for that to work. I mean, yeah. And if I, like, if I have a one drop into land, land, Citadel Siege or something like that, then I'm then I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I'll mold pretty aggressively, like, at seven and six. Then once I get to five, I'm just looking for, like, ideally both colors of land. Although I would mull all fi- all lands for if it was a five card hand, I think. What about four lands and a card you can't play without another card that you don't have in your hand? You know, that is true. You know, like <laughs> it might as well have been five lands without anything else. Like, uh, that's not true because it still is a card. Uh, it is. And if I draw into a creature, which is the majority like of my non-land cards, then it was yeah. Like I still had to think about it. It was it was as much thought as you'd normally give to a a five land hand or a f- I'm sorry, a five card hand. Yeah. Without just immediately mulling. Like it wasn't like a no lander. It wasn't a one lander and most one landers would probably keep it five and just hope to get there. Mm-hmm. But this one was like, I have lands in both my colors and a spell, but I'm still thinking about this one. Uh, but I kept it and I just, uh, I drew lands until I died. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that was yep. fun. I, uh, I kept more than, one uh seven card hand with mm-hmm. 
six lands and like a five drop. <laughs> I did that a couple times. Uh, both times I wound up like, you know, getting relevant stuff. So it wasn't entirely dead. Cause I was just like, man, the number of two drops I have in this deck, you know, I was like, I gotta get hit one of them, you know, like, yeah. And, uh, game two is kind of the opposite of that. I kept, I mulled to six and I kept a hand with planes, planes, but Citadel siege, sun scorch region. And like, Oh, like two red. Ugh. I was like, you know what? Let's go for it. Oh, that's an awful keep. Oh, come on. That's a terrible keep. I would never keep that. Um, no, it was like, no, it was Plains, Plains, Citadel Siege, Sunscorch Regent, Lightwalker, and like a Morph card, I think. Okay, that's a little different. With a two drop there that you can hit on two. It was a two drop, got... a three drop, a four drop, and a five drop. Yeah. And, and, and two Plains. But you really got to hit the land drop. You got to just draw a land off the top of your deck for three straight turns for it to be worth it. You could, like, survive. But, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think about, like, a five-card hand that's, like, substantially better than that. And it's, like, there's not that many. Like, you would have to, like, search through your deck and pick out, like, a five-card hand that's much better. Right. It'd have to be, like, Plains, Plains, Mountain, two-drop, three-drop, four-drop, maybe? No, wait, that's six cards. Yeah, no, judge, it's, it's, it's pretty Judge. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you He's know. Like my best five card hand is a card hand where I draw six and then mold a five, and that's my best. Yeah. So no, that, <laughs> I didn't even think about that one. Are you kidding? Like it's a hand that where if you draw like two lands, you just uh, like win the game. If you curve a two game. drop, a three drop into Citadel Siege. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Did you play any Fate Reforged uh, Limited? Yeah, man. All right, Citadel it, Siege is really made good. it further than you. Citadel Siege is pretty good when you when you cast it on turn. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> and and you have the two. So basically, yeah, I kept it. Um, I got to three lands and got no further. Mm. <laughs> and so I cast my two drop, three drop, and then they had the pyroclasm effect. Yeah. Two, I was just like, all right, listen, it's not your day sometimes. <laughs> uh, it wasn't that bad, so uh, I, I'm still okay with how the draft went. But uh, I feel like if I had drafted a little better, I'd probably have a little slightly lower curve for the type of deck I was trying to build. Um, and I probably, I probably would have changed some picks, but it was my first sure. draft in the format, and it went okay. Yeah, yeah, all things considered, yeah. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, I found the exact open colors, and I, I wanted to try like my bias was towards an aggro deck for some reason. Going into it, because I think the last time, my last uh, PPT, PPTQ top eight, we both got smashed by the aggro deck. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna first pick this Warbringer <laughs> all in dash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then just you know, after that, I just took what was open and uh, commenced to uh, recounting my bad beat stories. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. I'll probably be practicing the sealed uh, format a little bit, or not the sealed, at least the draft format a little bit more. Yeah, I actually feel like uh, I'm going to. Cause I, I've, I, I, despite how poorly I uh, built my sealed pool, and I don't like to make too many excuses, um, but I was sick. You know, I we love making excuses. We recorded um, on a Wednesday night, and I was starting to feel sick. Um, that Thursday, I was feeling worse. I went to work anyway, 
by the end of the shift, like I was literally crying <laughs> and like, I, I went home and then I, I didn't work Friday. Um, I wound up calling out on Friday cause I wasn't feeling good. Um, Saturday, I, I you know, I, I rested real, I, I, I had a good night's sleep, uh, took some medicine and just, you know, rested up and Saturday morning, I still wasn't feeling great, but I was feeling great enough to go, um, to go sit in a chair and play cards, you know? And I think that sitting in a chair and playing cards would have been fine. But I think that when it came to like, actually like building a deck, I think that's where like, you know, the sickness really did play a factor. Um, I just wasn't able to concentrate in building and, and just, I, was, I just had a really hard time with it. And, uh, I think that I would have seen the better deck if I were feeling well. Um, but anyway, draft has always been my weakness in uh, in limited. I, I mean, like I'm good, I'm great at sealed, and draft I'm not so great at because because I play so much more sealed than I do draft. I tend to draft sealed decks that are too slow. So um, I think I'm going to actually bust out MTGO this time around and uh, and play a couple eight fours and um, try to get a little more experience in the draft format before I go to the uh, next sealed event that we're going to be playing in, which is going to be April 26th. So, uh, you know, I think that'll be, I think that'll be good. And, and I'm looking forward to that anyway, because it'd be nice to play a little magic online. It's been a long time since I, uh, since I did that. So what are you uh, what are you looking at for standard? I'm thinking green white warriors. So you are thinking the green white warriors deck. I really like it. Cool. Um, and we already talked about all this on the show. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other the only other thing I was looking at was just the mono red, like just you know the updates you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, or the green red aggro deck looks kind of cool that some people have been playing. Yeah, that's the one we saw at the SCG Open this weekend, or Invitational, yeah. The Invitational, and speaking of, uh, we do have some results to talk about from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, first of all, the Invitational was won by Jacob Wilson playing Abzan Control, um, and the Invitational was uh, Standard and Legacy. We're gonna only talk about Standard here. Because it's all we care about. I speak for the listeners. It's all they care about, too. Okay. <laughs> no one cares about Legacy. Sure, people do. Nah. There are, like, at least three people who care about Legacy. Um, only new card, it looks like, is the uh, Sidisi Undead Vizier. Two copies in the main deck. And the uh, Virulent Plague in the sideboard, because ooh, that's ooh, amazing. Ooh, and Ultimate Price. Ooh. Oh, Ultimate Price main deck, too. I'm so used to seeing that in Standard from last year. I'm just like, oh, that's not new. <laughs> like, um, That's pretty cool, though. These are some powerful uh, sideboard cards. He gets to run a Back to Nature and a Virulent Plague. So just all the mega hosers. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of good stuff in there. Um but not much of a change there in that mm-hmm. deck. Um, and I think it's kind of the same for most of the decks we saw yesterday. I mean, he was running four Siege Rhinos, though. Siege Rhinos, a good card. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen that lately. Yeah, Siege Rhino. Uh, there was a green-white devotion list in the top eight, and I'm not 
so sure I like it. Um, I don't know about Death Mist Raptor. I mean, apparently they were all in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Anderson, he ran four Death Mist Raptor main. Um, but no copies of uh, Den Protector, which I think is wrong. I don't know. I feel like you could run that in like the sideboard, maybe. No, you definitely want at least one main deck. Really? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there was a deck um, that I was more happy with. Um, and it was, uh, I think it was in the invitation or in the, uh, open, in the open 14th place, three den protectors, main deck also four death mist raptors though. So three den protector four death mist raptor, all main one hidden dragon slayer, main one Hornet queen main. Why would you run that main? Why would you run that at all in this deck anymore? It doesn't make sense. Mm, it's a, it's Cutting still... to Voyaging Seder? This is all wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> you don't cut Voyaging Seder. This is so wrong. This list That's is wrong. Funny. You turned on him so fast. This is wrong. Well, the Den Protector. I'm telling you, Den Protector is really good. Now, for whatever reason... um, Oh, no. The, this this one is actually smart. This guy is running two Anox Survivalist sideboard. For whatever reason, the other green-white devotion decks I've seen are running Reclamation Sage in the sideboard still. And notice that the guy in the Invitational, Dragon Throne of Tarkir sideboard. That's pretty cool. Dragon Throne. Card that I got laughed off the show for suggesting I play. I think it's I think it's a good card in, in this deck. But uh, nobody ever wants to listen to me. I guess. So what are you putting that on? Genesis Hydra. You put it on your Genesis Hydra, and you all pump right. all your little manifest creatures to to the heavens. Stack them to the heavens. What more do you want? All right. So, so your sideboard plan is to get to your your three of and cast it not for value, like to try to find a courser or something, but cast it for an obscene number, so you have access to like twelve or fourteen mana. So your plan is to have access to 14 mana, a Genesis Hydra, and a Dragon Throne of Tarkir, and enough other creatures on the battlefield where you could equip this, and it's still a profitable uh, uh, investment of your mana. You you run Mastery of the Unseen, you run Mana Dorks, Um, you know, you run Whisperwood Elemental. You've got things that are making creatures. You've got ways to make creatures, but you don't even need to cast it for 14. You just cast it for for five, which is really where X is five is really like the the sweet spot on Hydra in this deck. Like, yeah, you can cast it for a billion once you get there, but casting it for five is enough. Like, because as long as you hit Whisperwood or 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 Pelucranos or or Dragon Throne of Tarkir out of the sideboard, um, you're in pretty good shape. Um, that's just a lot that you need to go right. Like you need enough other creatures on the battlefield where this is relevant, like an, like, you know, just an arbitrary amount of mana and an extra card because obviously the dragon throne dark here is not actually doing anything. Sure. But I mean, I mean, it's specifically for one situation. It's for the, the mirror match. True. But I feel like if, if, if you're, if you're putting a card in your deck, where it's only good and it's only going to shine in that scenario where things are like, that's a very specific scenario. There's just got to be like other things you can do. Like, I mean, you could like, like a Heliod or something. If you have that much extra mana or, or an Ilea. Heliod doesn't do anything in the mirror match. Or 
I mean, a Hornet Queen. Nylea actually doesn't do enough in the mirror match either. Well, if you have all that extra mana, eh, I mean, you, don't have, you don't have unlimited extra mana. Because I, I ran Nylea, and I mean, like, it did not make a difference in the mirror match at all. Like, it's good. It's a good card. Bow of Nylea? Yeah, I don't know. Bo's all your attacking okay. creatures get death touch? Yeah, but still, like, without something to pump them, you're just running them into the same creatures, you know? I don't know. Um, I think Dragon Throne's a really good sideboard card for the deck. I think it's um, atrocious. But I think, well, okay, one thing we can agree on is that Dramoka's Command is amazing in the deck, and uh, I think all versions of the deck were running at least two main, uh, two to three main deck. What? <sighs> I'm so out on Scott Robbins' green-white devotion deck. <laughs> He's got three Mastery of the Unseen in the main deck and one in the sideboard. <laughs> Why would you put that in the sideboard? What do you want it boarded in against? Wow, you have got, you've just done a complete 180 on them. Well, you know, it's terrible. That's why I've done a complete 180. doesn't make any sense. Now, David Folk's list is one I really do like. Um, David Folk finished fifth in the in the standard open. Mm-hmm. Um, one Death Misraptor, one Den Protector main deck, one Soul of Theros main deck, which is pretty cool. Um, although he did cut a Team or Saber to, or he did cut a Voyaging Seder, which I'm not, I'm completely opposed to. You want all four. And sideboard Reclamation Sage doesn't make any sense because why not? You're just running the Survivalist. But anyway. Well, okay, so if you're running – hold on. I'm making sure he's actually running the – okay. So if you have the Teamer Sabretooth, yes. you could just loop Reclamation Sages. Although I guess you could just – Survivalist too. Yeah, but you have to like – it costs more. Yeah, but not that much more. Yeah, that's true. At that point in the game where you're looping Anox Survivalists, you don't care how much it costs. <laughs> okay, so – Soul of Theros is a good example of a card that I do approve of. Yeah. To break a mirror match. Yeah. Like so if you have just a ton of mana where you can start looping creatures and whatnot, like Soul of Theros just gets crazy. Yeah. Although, no, it's pretty hard to make like quadruple white to activate yeah. it twice. That's actually yeah, a that's, card. That's the problem. Um, I get the idea. I'm not opposed to it. And that lifelink really does give you that extra level of, like, out of reach. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, your Mastery of the Unseen's already doing that. Yeah, yeah. This is where you can just drop your Altar of the Brood and start going to town. Uh, altar um, of the Brood, really? I'm just kidding. Uh, sort of. I'm not. I'm sort of just kidding. He's not going to let that one slide. It's really good in this deck, but uh, in the mirror match. But I'm never going to run it. Anyway... Uh, we've talked about all of this the last time Yep. I was making mistakes on what to consider for the deck. Um, I mean, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of slight changes to the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the den protector, I think, so I think death mist raptor, maybe, I don't know. I mean, are people running perilous vault? I mean, I don't know. Like death mist raptor isn't great if it's getting exiled. You get me? Actually, no one's running Perilous Vault. They're really not, are they? No. So that means that this is, like, probably the best deck again, right? It's up there. Now, there's green-red aggro. That's a problem. I think I, what I would do, 
is I would probably run... I would probably cut the soul of Theros. I would run a fourth Voyaging Seder uh, because you need it. Um, I'd probably... I don't know. Well, it's got two Banishing Light in this list. I'm not sure. I'd maybe cut it down to one or maybe even cut both. I'd put at least one Arbor Colossus in the main deck. Um, and maybe even up to a second Den Protector or a Anox Survivalist in the main. Um, because, I mean, if you're running Reclamation Sage in the main, you should run Anox Survivalist in the main. It just makes sense. Because um, it's a strict upgrade for this deck to the Reclamation Sage. I just don't know if I like Den Protector. Oh, it's so good. Dude, somebody finally deals with your Mastery of the Unseen, and then you just flip this over and get your Mastery back. Or think about Den Protector getting back Dromoka's Command. And then think about Den Protector, flip it over, get back your Dromoka's Command, cast your Dromoka's Command, and then Teamer Sabretooth bounce your Den Protector. And then replay your Den Protector, and then get your Dromoka's Command back, and then bounce your Den Protector. I mean, that's all well and good in a scenario where you're playing against a deck that can remove your enchantments, or that you even have cards in your graveyard, or that it's not, you know, these are all your, these are all like late game plays. Well, yeah, but like that's all you have are late game plays when you're at like 100 life. Mm, I, I just feel like that's a really narrow card where it's like, okay, once I'm at 100 life and have a bunch of mana, return target that's a good card. card from your graveyard to your hand is not narrow. It's. It's the most non-narrow thing you can do. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. You really don't think... I mean, like... No, that's that's not narrow. Okay, so your opponents don't kill anything of yours. So then you just win. So then who cares? Or it's mono-red aggro, and you're like, okay, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. I want to cast this morph. And then I need to unflip it. Okay, so now, now that's turn four. No, hold on. Don't kill me yet. Oh, you, I told you not to kill me. Because otherwise, it's not a very good card. It's a 2-1 for, for two. Uh, so some other decks that saw play. Um, in the top eight, um, Michael Braverman, which is just a sweet name. Uh, it's probably <laughs> the sweetest name. Yeah, so he, he got fifth in the Invitational, and he actually went 8-0 during the Swiss in Standard. Wow. So uh, might be a good choice right now. Uh, Mono red aggro, 21 mountains. Um, interestingly, and this is something I've been seeing a lot online. Yeah. Three goblin heel cutter, only one goblin rabble master. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, four lightning berserker, new card, four zergo bell striker, and four Eidolon of the great revel main deck. So I've seen that main deck and I've seen it sideboard. So he went, hmm. he went main deck. Uh, three Dragon Fodder, four Hordling Outburst, and that was it on the new cards. Like, four Roast in the sideboard, though. Yeah. And this is just one of the many ways you can build him on a red aggro, but he's running four Outpost Siege in the sideboard plus a Mountain. So you can get up to 22 Mountains and cast all your four drops, I guess. I don't know. What does Outpost Siege come in against? Control. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that, I have, I've been playing mono red aggro, but I've not been doing that plan, so... Um, that's that's one way to do it. I prefer to just go all in. Of course. No backup plan. Let's see. There was also uh, red-green aggro. I think we mentioned that. Um, but that got a bunch of new tools. That was kind of like a, a fringe deck. I think there was like a... 
a GP where it top aided. It was like Niagara though, because it's splashing for Change of the Rocks. Right, right. Um, this one's just just green red. We got our first taste of Steven being wrong. Oh God, was I wrong? Yeah, there's so <laughs> there's multiple different decks, multiple different archetypes, but the one thing that connected them was uh, four of Thunderbreak Regent. Yeah, that's a, a pretty good card. Card I said would not see standard play, and uh, I was proven correct until week one of standard where it saw standard play. <laughs> yeah, so it's running four Storm Breath Dragon, four Thunderbreak Regent. Those are the dragons, and that supports two Draconic Roars. So that's one thing like I haven't done the math on, where like how many dragons do you need to be running to where these like dragon payoff cards are worth including in your deck? Yeah. And apparently eight is fine. Well, Jeff Hoogland decided to take that a little further. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty much like, so for the, the green-red deck, those were the new cards. There's, oh, also three, Sorak, the Hunt Caller. My Sorak hero. Is, Sorak is really good. Oh, yeah. I had to fight through it in limited. <laughs> that was fun. $6 on SCG now. Just, huh. just thought I'd mention that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fool. Although that thing's, I mean, that's going to like eventually be like a two or three dollar card. But anyway, um, yeah, so there's some other uh, interesting archetypes. As mentioned by Joe, uh, Jeff Hoogland was playing blue red dragons. Swag and dragon dot deck. I guess that has to be the name. Has to be. I agree. Uh, yeah, so he was running three Storm Breath Dragon, four Thunderbreak Regent, two Icefall Regent, which is interesting. <laughs> It's an awesome card. Uh, so, I mean, like, that's, you know, those two are specifically taking a spot from the Stormbreath Dragon because he's, he's not running four of them. Um, and That's a little weird. A little, yeah. And then three Flame Wake Phoenix. So they're all, they're all flyers, and they all get some sort of value almost no matter what in terms of the creatures. And then just 24 lands, including a Haven of the Spirit Dragon, which is just awesome. Of course. Um, I saw a red-green aggro deck that also had that. Where they're able to just, you know, when with their extra mana because they're running like Elvish Mystics, uh, get back their Thunderbreak region that you already dealt with and it already did three damage to you. Well, it's coming back. Uh, that was so sweet. Um, this one ran uh, so Jeff Hoogland's deck also ran four Silumgar Scorn, so a total of nine. No, yeah, nine. Uh, nine dragons to support the four Silumgar Scorn. Uh, so that was kind of interesting, and I think there was like one storm the storm breath dragon in the sideboard, mm-hmm. another haven of the spirit dragon in the sideboard, and a couple of dragon lords prerogatives, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. And then uh, in terms of uh, Silumgar Scorn, there was also in twelfth place Shaheen Sarani was playing Esper, which is kind of out of character for him. Uh, totally. Yeah, he played. Uh, Shocking. Oh yeah. He was only running four dragons, so two Dragonlord Ojutai and two Silumgar the Drifting Death. And uh, that was supporting the four Silumgar Scorn. But that, that deck kind of needed a two-drop counterspell that was kind of like a tempo play when it needs to be and like a hard counter when it's not. So I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Thing is, I mean, it doesn't really matter what I think about it because I'm not going to play a Esper Control deck. Right. Uh, this one actually did run three Narsets, though, main deck. And it was one of the only card uh, decks to actually run that main. 
Yeah, I'm really surprised to not see like a straight blue white control deck show up. I'm I'm I don't understand. It's probably going to take past week one for people to figure that one out. How are people not figuring out that blue white control is good when you've got Narset? Come on. Narset doesn't win the game. It yeah, actually Narset... literally cannot win you the game. <laughs> doesn't matter though. It's such a good card. Like I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. I think she's uh, she's very good, but again, you know, a little overrated. I don't think she's overrated. I think she's overpriced. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, but I don't I mean. think she's overrated. Same thing. I think business will pick up. I we'll see. All right. So I think that the, the so the pro tour is in two weeks. If we don't see a blue-white, not even Esper, but if we don't see blue-white control by this weekend, we see it at the Pro Tour. I mean, we'll see it Just, lose the Pro Tour. No, I think it'll do very well. Whenever the the control players decide to be brave enough to play blue-white control, they will succeed. I think the deck is way stronger than anyone is thinking right now i don't i mean it's not gonna make top eight or anything someone will play it you don't think it'll make top eight absolutely not i'll say top 16 there will be at least as many if not more Sirak the hunt callers in the top eight of pro tour dragon star cure as there are uh narsets and let me tell you something man that's a beautiful beautiful thing all right that's <laughs> a beautiful thing I am not in any way opposed to that. I think that's a beautiful thing. I hope that you're right. But I'm going to say that a deck shows up in the top 16. Blue-white control nah. in the Pro Tour. No way. No? No, I have no idea. I don't build these decks. <laughs> well, what sort of, Okay, so, I mean, anyway, um, what cards do you think we might see in the Pro Tour in two weeks that... Uh, From Dragon's you know, Dark here? Yeah, that we maybe, like, haven't seen in the first week. You know, is, is there anything that you think's going to pop up? It's not getting played currently. Um, yeah. I think Let's... someone will figure out Sorok. Not Sorok. Sarkin. Sarkin, the new Sarkin. So that's just, card's just really powerful. But I Yeah, don't... it's like if, if Teamer still doesn't have the tools, then Teamer never will have the tools. Like, period. Yeah. Um... Corpse Weft. What does that one do again? Two and a black enchantment. You pay one and a black, exile X creatures from your graveyard, and put an XX zombie horror token creature onto the battlefield where X is equal to twice the number of creatures you exiled, I believe. They have to be creatures, though. Has to be creatures. Okay. So, I mean, that's still a really good card. It's cool. I think it's more limited playable um, than anything else. Uh, oh, oh, I know. Avatar of the Resolute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something I agree that with out. that. I agree with that. Um, that's one. Uh, <laughs> assault Formation is a one of. In, uh, in Abzan? Yeah. Maybe. It makes all Maybe. you, I mean, just. Abs and control, you get to still run all your Sylvan carry addeds and get to swing in with them, pump them up. They do. It, 
the Sylvan Caryatids would, at that point, kill a Goblin Rabblemaster, which is important, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. I don't think so. Not Collected Company. I don't think that's going to get played. I think that card's a trap. What does that even do? It's a three and a green instant. Look at the top six cards of your library. Put up to two creature cards with converted mana cost three or less onto the battlefield. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, but, I mean, people like that card. Why? I don't know. I think that's... Tra- it's not good. It's a trap. That is a trap. It's not good. It's not good. If See the Unwritten isn't good... I, oh, good. you know what? That's not a Dragon's card, but I think See the Unwritten is something I could see play. I think it could, but I'm just saying, like, the fact that that card has seen so little play and is just better than a collected company. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it's just not going to happen for a collective, co- collective soul. I almost said, Oh God. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, a Tarkas command. Well, that's already seen sideboard play in modern red. Uh, there was a red deck. There was a burn deck that played two copies sideboard modern. That's wrong. I th- why you think it should be main? Main. Yeah, I think at least two main. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I, I I actually am on the fence right now about what to play on Sunday. So uh, Easter Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our local store is having a GPT for Vegas, and it's modern. Uh, so I'm actually debating between Affinity and uh, Burn. <laughs> I think I have all the pieces now for burn. Finally, hmm. I think I've got the deck built. Um, I have to actually physically build it. Uh, so I'm, I'm debating between the two decks, but yeah, Tarkus command is something that I absolutely need for the deck. I have two of them. You, are you, how many are you planning on running in your burn deck in modern? Yeah. I mean, I just haven't even tested it yet. I, I feel like it's something you could reliably cast. And I'm trying to think if you want, like, six Skullcracks main deck. The problem is that, like, it's the worst card in your deck, Skullcrack is, versus 60% or 70% of the field. Basically, the non-Abzan percent of the field. It's, like, the worst card yeah. in your deck, and you side it out. Unless you obviously think they're going to side in life gain. That's really hard. I feel like you want the main deck Skullcracks, at least two of them, to be a Tarkus command. Just because you're already playing like a really like... So the best draws in the burn deck are the ones that start with creatures. So I I don't know if that makes a Tarkus command good, where it makes your best draws even better. Where you're like already swinging with like a a swift spear and a a guide. And you cast a Tarkus command to effectively deal five. It's very attractive. I mean, worst case scenario, it's a skull crack. Actually, no. Worst case scenario, you can't cast it. <laughs> That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Worst case scenario is you search up your uh, your stomping ground, and then they tectonic edge it or something. <laughs> They're not going to tech edge your stomping ground. Just saying. The game's already over when you have four lands out. Yeah, so you would need four lands. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. No. Okay. Dealing five with one card just seems... Really, really good. Where the backup yeah. plan is Skullcrack. And there's a lot of games. I mean, it just depends how many Siege Rhinos you expect. And if it's a lot, then you'll you probably want a lot of these. I would at least, I would start off trying two, two and two. You think you, think you go two and two main? 
not all six. And maybe two put the two uh now what do you move to the board? Do you move two skull cracks to the board or do you go in on two more uh Tarkas commands in the board? Probably Tarkas commands just to be greedy. So then skull crack. <laughs> no. I've been running like a lightning helix main, and if you wanna get rid of that You don't. You can, you can make room for that. I think all the burn decks I saw from the weekend had like three main deck lightning helix. So, I mean, helix is not that great in a burn deck. It's only really good. Like it's only as good as the popularity of the mirror matches. Mm-hmm. That's true. So insanely good in Texas. Pretty good. Like a pretty good bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but your, your hope is that you just get them with the core firewalkers. Although that's what everyone's yeah. doing now, so I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I, I haven't tested. I haven't played modern since the GPT. Yeah, I'm probably. I'll, I'll probably wind up playing Affinity, and I'm not playing Tempered Steel Affinity. I'll play some other Affinity. I think uh, the one thing I definitely want is I want two main deck Spellskite because I think it's good against a lot of stuff. So wait, I'm kind of going. Yes. How is it good? Because you get their splinter twin how big is splinter twin how big is splinter twin what are you talking about i don't even think it's like it's like 10 or 15 percent maybe of the metagame but it's like the the decks i lose to and that's if they have it on turn four they don't always have it i'd say half the time they don't have it Nah, they pretty much always have it for the sake of this conversation they always have well you're already running dispatch though no, I'm not, because I'm going back to. Oh, the... okay. Yeah. So. Well, you're yeah. you're running a uh, galvanic blast. Or something. I don't know. Galvanic Spell... blast is your main deck answer. To Spell Skite's really good. It is not. You're joking. It's you're wrong. so bad. You're wrong. It's really good. You're <laughs> you're playing a hyper aggressive deck, and you're jamming an O4 in there. Because it might be a good sideboard card game one versus a small percent of the field? No, 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 no. It's good. Okay, what what about that last sentence that I just stated was inaccurate? Premier IQ. First place. Mm-hmm. First place, Affinity, Joseph Greer. Main deck, two spell skites. He won the modern event. And you're going to tell me it's bad. Yeah. He won. Yeah, people play bad cards in winning decks all the time. He won. This deck is... I actually like his list. Because he's got... He's got two in Soul Artifact, two Spell Pierce. I think he's very, very, very pre-boarded against that deck. Mm -hmm. And I like it, because it's your worst matchup. Yeah, it might be worth a shot. I don't know. It won. Can't argue with results. Actually, you can. And I do all the time. Ooh. Did he have it? Did he have it? Oh, he doesn't have it. What? Dave she- Dave Shields is playing Grixis Control. I was looking for the living lore. <laughs> <laughs> no. No living lore. Oh, well. Um, the dream lives on. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Listen, I'm, uh, you know, I'm out of content. Yeah, I think I'm out of... Fresh out. I think we're out of time. The fields, the content fields, they'll give no more. <laughs> Aaron... <laughs> They've been over-tilled. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the Dust Bowl started. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know. That's why comedy was so bad for so long. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I know. That's why nothing was funny until like the 90s. 
don't know, a comedy story in two, you dingus. Okay, cool. So uh, this weekend, I've got modern. Steven's got standard. Hopefully, one of us will have a good story to tell. Um, but if not, you know, at least we get to play magic. It's, there are worse ways to spend your Saturday and or Sunday. So uh, Church. should be fun. Should be fun. Um, <laughs> really? That was a needless dig, huh? <laughs> we'll have some uh, we'll have some more SCG open results to talk about and uh, we'll see if any more new technologies come out of that spicy tech yeah well, I was speaking more in long lines of like you know the e-meter but um you know great doc yeah man if y'all haven't seen going clear uh, Scientology and the Prison of Belief. Um, see it. Learn. It's really amazing. Uh, I, I read the book when it first came out. Um, and the book blew my mind. And this documentary was a perfect uh, follow-up to reading the book. I recommend that you do both. See the documentary. Read the book in any order. It doesn't really matter. But I feel like one perfectly complements the other. You can't really get the full scope of just how intense these people, these characters are until you see the documentary. And you can't really get the full depth of just how much crazy stuff went into um, founding Scientology and in uh, protecting Scientology from its detractors uh, than you uh, get from reading the book. Do them both. Do yourself a favor. And uh, I guess the first favor you could do yourself is never step into a church of Scientology. But uh, secondly, uh, watch this documentary and read this book because it was fantastic. So uh, that's that's it. That's our recommendation for the week. And uh, that's all we have for this week. You're going to get us like power suit, dude. Yeah, totally. Until next time, uh, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start auditing. This is the session. Never encounter fights with self-defense, leg swipes, alcohol, toss, molotovs, throwing down the mic. Now they get caught up in a hype for being so tight. Sag with your jeans was hella me, mug, right? Strike, and for thinking combined. Liberal Jenkins outlined the highest price. Hip hop, you rep vaguely. I'm consistent, fresh, daily. I maintain the quiet life during open mics. Expectations. It's too high, dreams holding it I've lost friends and loved ones Couldn't cope with it, pursue music With a strength Yo MTG Taps is available Every bloody Friday forever On legitmtg.com Iwantmymtg.com Mtgcast.com And iTunes Email us, yomtgtaps At gmail.com Like us on Facebook Follow us on Tumblr Yomtgtaps.tumblr.com Follow us on Twitter at YoMTGTaps. Follow me on Twitter at OMGWTFBHJFTW. Follow Steven on Twitter at M00NPI. Follow Joey on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>